Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. This is Community Update on Sports Radio 960 AM, WSBT. Good morning, I'm John Hoffman. People across the nation gathered last weekend to honor those who have lost their lives to violence in the community. Megan Buell, Transgender Resource Education and Enrichment Services founder and president, has led South Bend's event for 10 years. This year, it happened a day after a mass shooting at a gay and transgender bar in Colorado Springs, Colorado. The events of last night show why they feel it's so important to bring awareness. Others hope this is a wake-up call for legislation. What happened in Colorado Springs can happen anywhere at any time, and we have LGBTQ, you know, queer bars here, and we just, we, we have to work to not let that happen anymore. Megan Buell is the founder of Transgender Resource Education and Enrichment Services. She's been putting together South Bend's Day of Remembrance for a decade, and says the past 12 months have shown an unprecedented amount of violence against the transgender and non-binary community. It's heartbreaking. You know, one of the toughest things I have to do every year is put together the posters of the names of the people we have lost. And, you know, it's not just a name. When you read who they are, where they're from, how young they are. While many are pausing to honor and reflect, some say it's time to begin pushing beyond awareness and start changing legislation. H.R. Jung says the state needs to do more to protect the community, that while these laws are being passed in other states, Hoosiers are falling behind. Right now in the state of Indiana, there are no protections uh, for us, for public accommodations, for work, for, um, for housing, and that's, that's a problem. And having that really helps bolster the protections for all LGBTQ individuals. Both Buell and Jung say this is a matter of public safety. The violence has to stop at some point. Jung suggests following Indiana's American Civil Liberties Union to track bills and petitions that come through. President Joe Biden also offered a statement today saying, quote, there is no place for violence, hatred, and bigotry in America. WSBT 22's Anne Lurie reporting. The first wave of winter weather last week caused some schools to dip into their supply of snow days, but a new Indiana law is limiting how many e-learning days schools can use. Today, many school districts are probably starting to think about how this new law will change the way they do things. School districts will only have three days all year to use only virtual learning. While not everyone loves the idea, e-learning has become a more often used option for schools. But did some districts lean too much on it? The e-learning day uh, was a very easy tool uh, to utilize, Uh, but at the same time, I think the General Assembly's intent was they felt that maybe some schools were using too many e-learning days, and they wanted to rein that in a little bit. Mishawaka Superintendent Theodore Stevens says last year when he was with South Central, they had 10 e-learning days. Districts can still have virtual options, but teachers must still be live with students. Bremen Superintendent Jim White says while three days may not be enough, he understands in-person instruction is preferred. The attendance rates were just terrible uh, during the COVID time. So I thought, what 
good is that going to do if a teacher has half or less than or half of her class, whether it's kindergarten or, or 12th grade, that she teaches a lesson? Okay, the ones over there got it, but the ones that aren't, do you reteach it? Do you just fail the kids? That doesn't seem fair either. He also points out that rural areas struggle with internet accessibility. With only three days in their pocket, it also takes some stress off teachers trying to prepare for both types of teaching. They have to just bend over backwards trying to make that happen. Because you have, you know, they have, sure they have lesson plans, they know what they're going to do the next day. But then, you know, if you're in chemistry and you're planning, you know, if you're planning on experiments, well, you can't do the same experiments and, you know, when you're e-learning. So then you've got to completely shift your lessons. Every district will adapt to the new law in different ways. Mishawaka used one last week for election day, while PHM says it will only be used for weather, which is why several districts are going old school. So in our world, at least for this school year, um, anytime we were, we would have a snow day, it's going to be sort of a traditional snow makeup day and it gets tacked on to the end of the year. Both superintendents say they fully anticipate several districts will have to add on days at the end of the year. They believe that three days may not be enough and you never know what Mother Nature will provide this winter. WSBT 22's DJ Manu reporting. When students at Madison Steam Academy in South Bend get their yearbooks, there will be four dogs pictured amongst the children. That's because every day, 615 students attend class at the downtown elementary school, and so do four therapy dogs. Dogs can bring comfort, calm, and support. It's difficult to tell you about the impact dogs are having at Madison Steam Academy in South Bend, so we wanted to show you instead. Take a look. This is Millie. Millie loves kids. She loves treats. She loves naps. I stepped up to be her foster mom, and she never left my house. Millie is Title I teacher Erin Moretti's dog. Moretti rescued Millie about a year ago, and based on her personality, Moretti realized Millie could make a difference at Madison. I feel like maybe she had some trauma and that she can connect with these kids on a different level because I feel she does have that like sense about her when the kids are upset or whatever and she just goes over there and she's very calm and she lays next to them or sits next to them and just allows them to get all of their anger or frustration or sadness out. Deep breath. We captured it on camera. This little boy was sad, but a few seconds of Millie time helped calm him down. I just really want to pet him because every dog I see, I just want to pet him. Millie makes her way around the school every day. Makai Willis earned the responsibility of walking Millie. It's cool to have a dog in your school and they just walk around so you can, you can pet him anytime you want to. From the first bell of the day until the last, Millie is busy. She loves going to our life skills class also and the kids love her there. Millie spends most of her time visiting all the children, filling up on treats, and playing with her friends. This is Millie's best friend, Truly. Truly's first graders are at recess right now. She loves giving us kisses. Meanwhile, Ginger is busy in her classroom. Like all third graders, her students are learning reading and math, but when they gather around the carpet for a story, Ginger comes too. And we can't forget about Hercules. He's on vacation, but his fourth graders miss him. The benefits, I mean, where do you start? Therapy dogs have been a part of this school for several years. From reading with kids, to helping calm nerves between tests, to stepping in during tough moments. The impact is immense 
but immeasurable. Honestly, I think they do more than some of us educators can in that moment and the kiddos recover a lot quicker. Millie and her friends are not class pets, they're classmates. They're not just therapy dogs, they're therapeutic. Every tail wag, every hug, and every smile is proof of that. WSBT 22's Kristen Bean reporting. Habitat for Humanity is seeing its work pay off as it celebrated another Habitat homeowner last week. The latest to do it is Tamara Lauderdale, who got her key November 17th. This build was in the field at Highlands Subdivision in Mishawaka. That's the Habitat for Humanity development created back in 2018 when former President Jimmy Carter and his wife Rosalind came to Mishawaka. Habitat says it's a milestone every time someone gets their key because it takes a lot of work on both sides to make it happen and each build has a special story very um, anxious just because I've got to see the home from when they were working on it from the inside out. So being able to go about seeing the construction and being able to physically work on my home, I think it was great and I think that was the anxious part of me. Those are words from Tamara Lauderdale just moments after receiving her key, the key to her new home. But it takes some work for someone to get their Habitat house. It's a program that takes 8 to 15 months to complete. That time is spent taking homeownership classes, working with Habitat for up to 500 hours, and saving for a down payment. The future homeowner even helps build the home. It's a program Habitat for Humanity says has brought a lot of success to Michiana. It's wonderful to see them come here and and now close, and then this portion here is just a celebration of that. Um, so it's always great to, to, to celebrate with them and, 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 and be a part of the, the accomplishment and the hard work that they have put in. Habitat for Humanity of St. Joseph County has built more than 220 homes for families in the region. Lauderdale's house was built in the field at Highland Subdivision, created during former President Carter's 2018 visit. 40% of the homes in the development are fundraiser homes used to help fund the other 60% built by Habitat. Every home takes a lot of dedication and hard work, leading up to moments like Thursdays. Now I think it's more of a um, sense of accomplishment just because I am uh, 28 years old. I'm like, okay, now I can do something. I feel like I've done great. WSBT 22's Anne Larie reporting. A million-dollar revitalization project in downtown Mishawaka is days away from being completed. The site is the former Uniroyal factory. It started with the Mishawaka Beer Garden and expansion of the Riverwalk. Now a new ice skating rink and more are adding to the city's amenities. The ribbon-cutting ceremony is on December 3rd at Winterfest. There is a lot to see behind me, not only a new skating ribbon, as well as restaurant, a cafe, and an event center. And all of this will open at its ribbon-cutting ceremony on December 3rd. Amenities for generations. That's how Mishawaka Mayor Dave Wood describes the final expansion of Buda Riverfront Park. The concept for the park came from the community itself. The uh, project was conceived by the Mishawaka Mayor's Youth Council. And we very deliberately asked them, what do you want to see downtown? Mishawaka's mayor says the partnerships to create Ironworks building were intentional. 
The Mishawaka Public House signed a 10-year lease agreement. There will be a list of preferred vendors for people renting out the event center. We also have an event center where we don't want to compete with other event centers. in The, the timing for the rink is opportune, as Wood says the city wouldn't be able to afford to build it now with the current inflation. In total, the rink and building are a $19 million investment. The ice ribbon is replacing Merrifield Ice Rink. To get it to work again would be tens of thousands of dollars. To replace it is millions. The ice skating rink is by online reservation only. There are brand new skates for people to rent and lockers to use by their cell phone. I think we're just going to get open, kind of assess and see and see what the needs of the community are, see what the demands of the facility are. With the cafe, restaurant and ice rink, Wood hopes it'll attract more people to the area. Next door, the mill apartments are also expanding available housing. It just made total sense to bring this here and also to modernize it and make it uh, something, an amenity that will not only bring our residents down here to use the facility, but also to uh, support the local business. The Ironworks building and rink are multi-seasonal, so once the weather warms up and the rink closes, people will be able to use it as a walking path and expanded outdoor season, as well as the tree stage will be converted for a theater for having outdoor concerts. WSBT 22's Paige Barnes reporting. Possible inaccurate election results at the Concord School Board election as the ballot counting machine wasn't able to weed out some improper votes. The clerk says it was a technical issue. The language on this ballot is very specific where you can only select a certain amount of candidates. Problem is, is some people selected too many candidates and the system may have counted their votes. According to the ballot, Concord Community School Board allows no more than three selections. Only one of those could be from District 2. But Elkhart County Clerk Christopher Anderson says the tabulating machine didn't count the vote properly after some people entered too many votes. Those sub-races within an overall race cannot eliminate an overvote. So there were instances where two selections were made for the District 2 race. The wording on the ballot has been the same for decades, and Anderson says it hasn't been a problem in the past because there have been fewer candidates. Concord School Board President Cammie Waite says it was evident the tally was inaccurate because the number of votes cast did not add up. It's sad. In our climate especially, we need to be able to trust our election process, and um, this puts that in question. Concord School Corporation cannot petition for a recount, but Waite says they'll welcome anyone who has voted in onto their team. We are a team. We have a common goal to educate our students and to move the school corporation forward. And whoever our community wants to add to that team, we are excited to bring them on. Anderson wants voters to know that no other sections of the ballot were affected, and it's only impacting people who overvoted on the school board section. Otherwise, he assures voters the election is safe. There are no invalid ballots cast by invalid voters. School board candidates have until tomorrow at noon to file a petition for a recount, and it's not known who would have to pay for that if the candidate would have to pay for the recount. But again, I just want to stress that the county clerk says this is only impacting this specific portion of the ballot. WSBT 22's Erica Finke reporting. Views and opinions expressed are those of the individual speaking and do not necessarily reflect the views of WSBT Radio, its staff, or management. Join us next week for Community Update on Sports Radio 960 AM, WSBT.
Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. 